0: This is Fish and Fries, an American soccer podcast. I'm Andrew, and this is my co-host, Spencer. We want to bring you an American perspective on the world game. back to fish and fries an american soccer podcast and holy cow do we have some world cup talk to get to today uh i'm andrew and this is spencer spencer what was the craziest game of the day today today friday Today, friday um i mean it might have
1: had like the least jeopardy but like serbia switzerland it ended up not having a ton of jeopardy but that game was just craziness um in particular with you know my beloved serbs basically i i don't know how that like how alexander Mitrovic and giordan shakiri weren't actually boxing at the middle of the field by the end of it that <laughs> it was insane um my serbians they die obviously um i will say that's I've kind of backed off my stance of supporting them since they are hanging like flags of Kosovo saying never surrender in their locker room and just firing up the Swiss team. But yeah, that's where we're at now.
0: That's where we're at now. I mean, it's, it's, we do this for fun. We have a good time with it. Uh, We don't always know all the geopolitical things that are going to come into it, but we, we like to learn right along with you. We like to learn all about this stuff, but It's just been an insane last couple of days since we talked to you guys with just a ton of games. We're going to cover all of it here. Um, Talking, starting with Spencer had a great idea to kind of how to recap this. And uh, I'm going to turn it over to Spencer here, see if he can uh, let you guys know what we're going to do. Yeah, so we're going, um,
1: rather than go monotonously through like all the groups and stuff, because there's teams that we just, for lack of a better way of saying it, don't care about that got eliminated from this tournament. Um, Sorry if you're one of those teams, but we decided to focus on the big ones. Like, you know, all the big teams that made it through, like, yeah, Brazil, we'll talk about them and their knockout round fixture and stuff. But we decided to look at, like, the big surprises both that are going through and that are going home. And we're keeping up with our theme of just absolutely going headfirst into alliteration on this podcast. And we're bringing you what we're calling... Fairy tales and fiascos, and basically, we're going to talk about four of each, four fairy tale teams that we did not at least expect to have the success they have had in this tournament so far, along with four teams that are going home early that are really surprising us, Andrew. So, um, yeah, let's let's dive into it. Let's start with fairy tales. I'm feeling optimistic today. Like you know, let's start it. on the let's start on the front foot. Let's start with fairy tales and. Um, I think when you look at fairy tales, there's um, probably not a bigger one in this tournament than Japan topping the group of death. They're over Spain. They're over Germany. They're over Costa Rica, but that's not surprising. Sorry, Costa Rica for the strays, but they win this group, Andrew, and they do it by beating Germany and Spain. What, What are your thoughts on this Japanese team and their tournament so far?
0: <clears throat> it's great to see a team that, like, before this tournament, uh, Japan was one of the teams the USA played, and holy cow was it scary to just be dismantled by Japan like that. I think it was 2-0, right? Um, So my first initial reaction to seeing them beat those two teams makes me feel a hell of a lot better about the U.S., and we got a lot to feel good about them. We will absolutely talk about the U.S., but they just play so hard. Right. They play so hard. They're so well organized. They press. They don't. They they're, I think, easily probably the most organized team at this tournament. Right. They seem to be the most ready for everything that's going on here. And for any team in the world to beat Spain and Germany in a calendar year. Right. In two calendar years, let alone like just take the way uh, that. Oh, who was it that beat Brazil today? Remind me. Cameroon Cameroon. Thank you. Just the way like Cameroon celebrated beating Brazil, right? Incredible late goal shirt off red card for the whole thing to talk about that. And then like that's their whole year, right? That's the greatest moment in Cameroon sporting history, right? At least soccer, right? Without even looking at
1: it. Oh, up. come on. They've, I think they've made, like, the lockout rounds at some stage, buddy. Like well, they got
0: Either way, I, I, it makes their tournament, I guess, is the point that I'm trying to say. For sure. Right? And for Japan to play Spain off the pitch and make Germany look like – it just incredible. I'm I'm going in circles here just talking about how much fun that team is, but –
1: yeah, so I know for me, um, obviously, I picked Japan to get out of this group, and I was optimistic on them, more optimistic than most people, and there wasn't a scenario I dreamed of that they would act- like actually go and win this whole thing, like win this whole group at least. Not this whole thing. Slow down a little, Spence. This whole thing's got a lot of stuff to happen, <laughs> but um, I didn't dream of them winning this group, and... Certainly, if you would have told me before the tournament started, even after I had backed them, if you told me they'd lose to Costa Rica, I would have said, "There's no way they get out of this group." <laughs> um, but they they do the double over Germany and Spain. I I was shocked. I, I'm like the Germany result didn't shock me. Neither of those results would have shocked me in a vacuum. For, but for them to do the double over both of them is just crazy to me. And um, I was bullish on this team coming in. Just maybe it was a bit of um rose-tinted USMNT glasses that I just refused to believe that we were that bad as we looked when we played them. <laughs> um but I think that's proving to be true that we were bad that day, but Japan is a really good squad, man, and um you know, they're moving on. We're going to talk about their knockout fixture coming up here a little later in the pod, but This team plays really good against good teams in particular. When they are playing a team that wants possession, they can kind of like counter press and make the game uncomfortable for them. They look really comfortable out there. Like that first goal they scored against Spain yesterday from the time we're recording here, their press was just absolutely insane. They had Spain completely rattled. They were all over them. Spain couldn't play out of it. They got a goal and they got another goal quickly after and, they didn't give Spain a ton in the end. Uh Spain had a couple okay chances, but yeah, this this team is dangerous. If I'm a quote unquote giant in this competition that's thinks I'm gonna go dominate most teams like uh even a Brazil or an Argentina or something, I, I wouldn't want to come up against this Japanese team, Andrew.
0: And and that's I think what makes them so scary going into this. It's not, oh, they played two possession teams and they're great at pressing. It's not that they, oh, they just soaked up on the counter and they, you know, they soaked up defensively and then struck on the counter. They've got multiple different styles that have beat multiple great, historically, really, really good teams in this tournament. And I just, like, I I really like what they're doing here.
1: So one question before we move on to our first fiasco team, Andrew. Mm -hmm. And the people are dying to know. I'm ready. Was the ball in or out on that game winning goal for japan
0: (laughs) i i think at some point you have to trust the technology right um i hate to even say that because god was so close man i watching it like watching it live i was like i have no idea i had to watch that one with the sound off at work right so they're just showing me the replay and i'm just like i have no idea i have no clue what we're gonna come up with here
1: so I think, um, I think it was by the skin of the ball, I think it was in. But I had a similar scenario to you where I was watching it with sound on in my ear. But as we've discussed in the past, um, I'm still having issues with Fox streaming it <laughs> when I'm on my phone. So I was listening on Peacock in Spanish again oh. and just listening to uh, Spanish announcers. I'm, I'm catching some phrases, Andrew. We're getting to the point. I'm starting to understand some phrases. I, today I was listening to the, uh, not to get too far ahead of us, but like the Uruguay game. And I understood that they were like, Uruguay needs one goal to go through. But, um, I know at one point I texted you. Yeah. I, I know I texted you and a couple of our friends at one point in a group chat and was like, I don't understand what's going on. They're speaking Spanish. I'm so confused. What's going on, but we're getting there. I think the ball was in just by the skin of it. But, uh, Nonetheless, it counts and it counts, no matter what. Man. And Japan's going on top of this group and moving to our first fiasco team, Andrew. Uh, they move on at the expense of the Germans who go out in the group stage in their second straight tournament, Andrew. This is a team that had made, I believe, the quarterfinals every single World Cup they'd been a part of until 2018, and now two straight. World Cups they're
0: out in the group stage Andrew what's going on with the Germans I I think maybe the most confusing part about that is the Germans didn't play poorly they got outplayed in the individual games that they showed up in but it wasn't like they were I I believe to go to your point
1: on that I I think I read and I could totally be wrong this is you know podcasting without cross-referencing yourself but I believe I saw that they had the highest expected goals total of any team in the group stage in the entire tournament, Andrew.
0: Yeah, and 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 they played that way, right? And a lot of that's gonna come in their final game. Oh man, I think they had it seemed like a hundred shots, right? When they were trying to go and, and win to be able to get out of the group there, right? They were worried about goal differential before um kind of before Japan poured it on there, but <clears throat> but they have all this talent, right? And Musiala looks like maybe one of the best young players at this tournament so far, just with how creative he's been. Um, We got Nabry. They got Kai Havertz off the bench scored, was it two? Right? They've got Fulkrug, who was the hero of our last pod. They've got all, they've got Antonio, they've got so many guys. Ilkay Gundogan, didn't even talk about him yet. Like, to have them go out is, I don't know, is it national embarrassment level? Like, is this going to be one of the things that Germany has to really focus on for the next four years and getting ready for the euros and two, because there's a lot of turnover that needs to happen in that group. I know they already, I I think Hansi Flick's already out. Is he not? I think that again, this is podcasting on the fly without
1: cross-referencing ourselves. I think I saw that it's a question still. He's not, for sure, out there were some coaches that were for sure put out a la Tata Martino, but I think Hanzi's not 100% out the door quite yet.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, says here he's in limbo. They haven't really finalized anything like that yet. And um, you already mentioned two guys, you know, Roberto De Matteo, who we'll absolutely talk about here, Tata Martino, gone easily. As soon as you're done, it's done. But they just, they. It's hard to say where they were lacking, right? They had the attack; their defense let them down. They had a couple, couple stinkers on defense, but like to just go out. Like Japan was just a better team, like in every way. Like you wouldn't, if you were picking guys off the playground, right? You would pick probably ten Germans before you get to a, a Japanese. But it was, it was crazy.
1: So, I think I would, in general, agree with you. I think maybe the one spot where japan was better than germany and as crazy as this sounds manuel neuer did not have a good tournament andrew and no, sir, you, you hate to peg it all on a goalkeeper i think it's a very tough position but um Particularly that second goal against Spain, or Spain, I'm sorry, against Japan when they uh, played on the first match day that kind of just went over him, like short side. He went too low and they just put the roof in the net. Like that was a bad one. If that game's a draw instead of a loss, then they're quite possibly moving on today. Um, you know, today he gave up, I, I would say almost both the uh, Costa Rica goals that he gave up today. Those didn't necessarily cost them but those neither of those were too good they they were never going to catch spain after spain battered costa rica by seven goals in the first match day they were never going to
0: catch on goal differential but tough goals actually it was by the by the two goals from japan right germany was or um spain was only plus four and you talk about those two goals right (laughs) that they let in for costa rica today how many did germany have four yeah. Right. They Like literally if, if Ter Stegen comes up, stands on his head, right. We use that analogy a lot here, but like, it could have been one of those where we're counting up yellow cards. It could have been even more dramatic, which is insane to say, but, um, not that he's entirely at fault for that or anything else like that, but like, that's how much that kind of stuff matters. Not coming up huge when you're a well, you're an international level goalie for one of the biggest teams in the world.
1: For sure. And I think we both, not just us. I mean I think anybody would rate him as one of the best goalkeepers in the world still. And for him to not have the best tournament um it hurt them. It definitely hurt them. In particular that Japan fixture. I'm not going to hold a ton against him today like those goals the, the biggest thing I was thinking and I heard him um say it on another podcast called Offside, which is another great podcast you should listen to, but they said that they asked like is germany going to get concacaf today because it felt like a usa <laughs> game away in san juan or something for a little bit like at costa rica but they were very concacafy goals but um yeah really i, I think if he's looking back at this tournament that goal against Japan um that late goal that put Japan up 2-1 that's the one that really ended their tournament andrew and um i think he he didn't say he's retiring from the national team i saw that he said if he's called back in he'll go mm-hmm. back in but um i think that one's going to be eating away eating away at him for a while here
0: oh it's It's got to. And he's had such a long storied career, especially playing for Munich and kind of revolutionizing that like sweeper keeper thing we think about now. Right. The modern example of it anyways. But I don't know, man. I I think uh, for the first time in a long time, Germany's got a lot to think about here.
1: I agree. And I think Germany can, you know, maybe fall back a little bit on the fact that this was what I think anybody would have nailed down is the group of death coming into this tournament. So mm-hmm. there's at least a bit of respect in that it was a tough group, but um, I don't know if that's going to... You look at German fans, I mean, they've been spoiled over the years, and I don't think they're going to take a ton of solace in that, that, you know, oh, it was a tough group. I don't think they... Care. It's not... I don't mean to disparage just as American fans, but like, if we were dropped in that group with Spain, Germany, and say you took uh, Costa Rica out and put us in there or something, I know that wasn't possible, but like, I think we could look back and say that was a really tough group if we had Spain, Germany, and Japan. I don't think German fans are going to look at it that way, but it's really all I got on them, and it's really all I got on being negative for now. Let's move on to something a little more positive, Andrew. Let's move on to another fairy tale. No more fiascos for at least the next couple of minutes. South Korea, get out of the group, Andrew. They <laughs> had a miraculous game today. They beat Portugal. Uh, really, my biggest takeaway from that game is min son with one of the best runs and passes I've oh, ever seen in my life.
0: Beautiful.
1: Sets him up. Connor
0: McDavid-esque.
1: Connor McDavid has <laughs> to steal a. North American sports hero here, but it was amazing. It was an amazing little pass through, amazing run, and I believe it was Huang San Huang Ki Huang. Yes, that scored the goal. He, yeah, leaving. he, he, Chan, he, Chan, Huang He Chan. I was close. Huang He Chan, Hwang, he Chan. You um, scores. To
0: these, you got to start listening to these games in, uh, in Dude, South Korea, just, in Korean. A-
1: Asian languages, tough man, tough, 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 but. Hwang Hee Chan scores the goal and sends South Korea to the knockout rounds. Andrew, um, what were your thoughts when Son made that run and you saw that ball, that goal uh, ripple the back of the net?
0: My 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 first thought was like, I think he's gonna shoot this. Right, talking about Son, he ta- he takes off the ball off. I think it was a header, right? Falls right to him perfectly. He takes off and you just see four defenders around him. And you're like, oh no, is he going to just like cut inside and try to just bury this thing? And then out of nowhere, just an absolute streak. (laughs) He makes a beautiful little diagonal run, finishes with so much composure there. And of course, like Sonny just puts a ball, a perfect little ball into him, right? It's just... It was just beautiful and then they had to stand around and wait for the Uruguay game to like to finish up to make sure Uruguay didn't get a third goal and it was I felt for them right they had this like incredible moment right their country hero in soccer makes this incredible play slips it into Hicham finishes a beautiful goal and then they have to sit around and play the waiting game the waiting game i oh, man it's
1: my least favorite game
0: <laughs> super not a lot of fun but like there there's a the video I saw today of it's like a minute or so long and it's just them standing at midfield looking up at the big board just having no idea what's going to happen and that end of that uruguay game was insane too and, and we'll talk about that here in a minute but they just played so well. like it's hard I say this even when he when he's playing for Tottenham it's hard not to root for Sonny man it's hard not to root for him and you get to in this tournament it's nice but slips that ball in, beautiful finish, and I think they they got a shot here, man. They're not they're not a pushover. They're they're playing really well right now,
1: hundred percent. And probably my biggest thing is just I know I disparaged a, a few teams after our last podcast, and I very much thought about doing it with Korea because I thought after they lost to Ghana, it was. Probably going to be really hard for them to pick up three points against Portugal. With even if they did that, they would need some things to go right in the other fixture. Um, mm-hmm. I was very surprised, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. When it got to that situation late, um, watching that game today, they, they, I, I can't say that this was a weird result, like they deserved the win. I thought on the bounce of play, Portugal had some good chances and. Had a couple of misses and such, but yeah, this uh, I think this was a deserved result for them. And um, like I said, a, a bit of luck on the other fixture side, but it's uh, it's exciting to see them. And, and in big games, you need your best players to step up. And if that's did, not stepping up, that run from Young son, the masked, the masked man if that's not stepping up in the biggest moments, then I don't know what is man.
0: No, they, they, they played incredible. They played so hard. They were really good at the back, especially you think about, it, they gave up a goal in the fifth minute, right? So they were absolutely just battling the whole time. They get that goal from young goon. Um, and they just finished it at the right time. It's uh sorry, we got the dogs in the background here, but, uh, um that's that's the podcasting that's the grind here that we're on but is somebody robbing have, your uh, house right now no i got i got two dogs so no they're not that's they're just you know
1: sounds like they're eating a burglar in the living room right now
0: no that the worst part is that's them getting along uh, <laughs> but uh no they they just they're such a fun team to watch i'm excited we get to keep watching them play here 100 percent. i um
1: Kind of excited to see. Like I said, we'll get into those fixtures later on in the knockout rounds. But let's talk about the fiasco and the team that they eliminated with their win today, Andrew. And that is Uruguay, a team that me and you were both really high on coming into this tournament. And lo and behold, both of us are idiots. We both just completely bought into the Fede Valverde train that he was going to take this team deep into this competition and that's not the case. They're going home. We got to see a lot of sad Luis Suarez today, yelling and crying on the sidelines. They, um, they beat Ganesay 2-0. They did their job. But at the end of the day, that just wasn't enough. South Korea ends up moving out of this group. And Uruguay are sent home with absolutely nothing in what's probably both Luis Suarez and Edison Cavani's last tournament with this team, Andrew.
0: Yeah, they they were kind of my uh my sentimental pick to get out of the group here and you saw the picture of, you know, the pictures of Suarez today completely emotional on the bench. Kind of a suspect move to they got the two-goal lead. Things hadn't cha- things hadn't really changed yet in the in the Japan game, right? Especially that late, or I'm sorry, the Korean game with that late goal. But their coach pulls Suarez he pulls Nunez like all of their attackers are already out of the game for defenders right now granted it's the third game they're gonna be tired they're gonna be you know there's a normal reason to make that sub but when it came down to it like the guys who you expect to come up big for Uruguay after Korea scores that goal when they now need a third goal to go through weren't on the pitch and it's (laughs) you know you you can't go back and change it now. And the, uh, they Ar- are again, going back to the name pronunciation, but, uh, they are Arakata um, with the two big goals and no Suarez, you know, it's, it's a, it's a gassed Cavani, no Nunez. It was, it was kind of a, uh, skeleton skeleton group on the, uh, on the attack there when they needed it late. So I'll say that for me,
1: um, I believe I, Kind of expressed this in our lead ups to this tournament and some of our previews at some point that one of the first games that were. It made me fall in love with this game in the first place was the 2010 fixture between this exact fixture, this Ghana versus Uruguay oh. fixture. It's one of the best games of all time, I think. One of the best soccer games that's ever been played. And maybe, I don't know, maybe it's me gravitating towards the villainous side or something that I (laughs) kind of have always had a soft spot for Uruguay since then, Andrew. That, that like, Luis Suarez, this is before I got into club football or anything, that I just kind of thought it was just such a I, and I don't want to get into debates of it because if there's Ghanaians, they're probably like, it's, it's cheating, whatever. I thought it was such a savvy move for him to just handball that off the line and stuff, and it was amazing to me, and it, it all worked out the way it did. And so I I don't know. I, just from the chaos, I've always kind of liked Uruguay.
0: S- same here, to be honest. And, like, Luis Suarez, I feel like, is the definition of, like, will do anything to win and also is kind of just the ultimate competitive scumbag, right? Like, the guy Complete who's willing scumbag. to, like, yeah, 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 he's He's the guy who's willing to, like, cheat at cards with his grandma, right? It's like, just let grandma <laughs> win if she's got better cards than you. He's like, no, actually, I had four aces here. Like, he's that level of it, and, like, that passion is something, like, the scenes on the bench today, right, when they're going down and he can't go in, he's screaming onto the pitch, he's crying on the bench. It's just like, you know, like, that's, that's why we love this game, right? However you feel about Suarez, you feel about Suarez, but, like, you can't fight the guy's passion on it.
1: 100%, and... I would say that, yeah, Suarez is playing bridge against his granny. He's definitely going hard cheating for sure. Hiding, you know, I had never played bridge, so I can't tell you the rules, but he's hiding whatever, whatever card you need. He's got it up his sleeve. Um, but that's all to say, I
0: just hope he doesn't bite
1: her. 100%. That's definitely not off the table either, but all that's to (laughs) say that, um, I've had a soft spot for this Uruguayan team. And despite that, I can't, defend them today Andrew because yeah it's tough what happens in the other fixture that's tough and you can't really necessarily predict that but this team should have scored more than two goals in this game they Mm -hmm. squandered a bunch of attacks they had I mean they had saves against them they had shots wide but even outside that if you want to say oh the goalkeeper just was really good for Ghana um they had a lot of which i think i think he was good he was the good goalkeeper was good but i think he was good and despite that though there were several opportunities where this team shot it wide where they had a odd man number rush going up the field and they just completely squandered it i know there was one and it it forced a decent save out of the goalkeeper i believe it was uh, gomez They had like a four on two, and he took a shot from out wide, and it it was out far, and it was a good shot. Like it was a, it was on target. It wasn't a complete
0: waste, but right
1: for being that far out, it was a good shot. But he had guys on both sides of him. He could have slipped it into that would have had better opportunities to score. And at the end of the day, I. Left this game, even with that soft spot for Uruguay in my heart, I did not feel bad for them at the end of this because I think they did this to themselves. They should have at least mm-hmm. gotten three goals in this game. And, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I can't really defend the performance. And they they honestly, even with this win, they lost this earlier by drawing against Korea. If they would have taken care of business then, this would have never even been on the table.
0: Absolutely. Um Don't want to take anything away from them. They played hard. It's just it's it's the it's the end of the chapter, right? Like the next time we see Uruguay play on a national international stage, it's not going to be Suarez. It's not going to be Godín. It's not going to be Cavani. It's not going to be this group we've seen kind of grow up, right? It's the first golden generation that I've been watching soccer long enough to see completely go all the way off the end here. Well, we got a couple more that we'll talk about, but like. They're one of the ones that really sticks out to me here.
1: Yeah, we got another big golden generation that might be coming to their end in a minute. But um, let's go positive here first, Andrew. And let's go with the team. Yeah, let's go with the team that topped this group. Shockingly. I kind of (laughs) even forgot until I was running the rundown. Like I was writing the rundown today and I was like going through and I had put down Morocco, get out of group. And then... I was looking at some highlights before just to refresh my memory on this game. And then at the end of the highlight, they're like, Morocco not only get through, they win the group. And I was like, holy fuck.
0: Morocco did win this group, didn't they? (laughs) Uh, What about these Moroccans, dude? I Look, I wish I know, and what a reward for them to win the group yesterday and today be rewarded with second-place Spain instead of second-place Japan. <laughs> so, great job, Morocco. Way to look ahead in that crystal ball and uh, make all the right moves. But no, jo- jokes aside, they had, you know, like they get a nice little, even in this last game, right? Like Ziyech with the chip over uh, over the Borjan, I think, right? The Canadian goalie, right? Oh, it was and terrifying stuff no, on Borjan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just all the – when playing out of the back goes wrong to the to the 10th level, right? And that's – I don't want to say, like, lucky, right? That's not fair. They've been very good this tournament, right? But, like, anybody – I watch Chelsea play every week. Anybody who thought Ziyech was going to be, like, a really good player in this tournament uh, wasn't watching any Chelsea games. He didn't give anything in his performance leading up to it to say he was going to have – an impact on these games. They had talent. We kind of covered it in our preview of them, right? They have talent and they have some, you know, a like good players, but it's so hard to know what this team is. And at the end of the day, we know what this team is. They're the team right now that won two games and tied Croatia. Like they're, they're moving on and moving on with style.
1: 100%. And I think that we kind of said as much about this team in our preview that they changed managers, only a couple months ago, like right before right. this tournament, right. basically, in a soccer timeline, and it was a big wild card. I, I think we both picked this team to finish bottom of the group, egg on our face. Um, but I, I don't think you can blame us in the fact that just no, nobody knew what to expect from this Morocco team because what you would say is by far their best offensive players. you just alluded to, Hakim Ziyech. Um, we, we haven't seen him be in good form for a while now. Right. And he's been in good form this tournament. Um, they've had some, I, I hate to sit here and just be like, they've been lucky. Like they've they had, but they have had a few, you know, lucky things happen to them. Like that goal against Belgium, where the whole yes. Belgian team just falls asleep off the free kick. And it goes in. Like, I, I don't think Courtois lets that ball in his net 99 right. times out of a hundred. Right. But this is the one out of a hundred times. <laughs> and, and I don't, and, and I hate to sit here. We're talking about a fairy tale. And I don't want to disparage them. Like I, it's you're not lucky to have gotten out of that group with seven points. You get seven points. That's yeah. not all luck, hundred percent. And I think they're a team with a, they have a lot of energy. They look like they have a lot of cohesion. They look like they're on the same page, and that's something that you know. Look at a couple of the teams that we've talked about as these fiascos, Andrew. That. They haven't been on the same page. They've struggled to find that cohesion and be, you know, all going towards the same goal. And that's something that seems like it's really important at this tournament.
0: They're, and they're and they're coming together at the right time, right? I mean, the guys pushing pushing the right buttons, right? Their new coach, and it's it's hard to argue with it, right? I mean, it you can't say anybody who's tied with Croatia beat Belgium and then beat canada right like those are all three teams we thought this was a very good group coming in right you can't say they've been more lucky than good because they are good right they've they've played a lot of these teams at least to a draw and then they actually take advantage of the opportunities when they come which as we've talked about with these other teams just because you create opportunities does not mean you're moving on you have to take them 100 percent, and
1: you know i don't have a ton on them I, like you said it's we'll, we'll get into their fixture later the spain thing is tough that they end up finishing <laughs> second what can you do um just like a quick question before we get off them, do you think is it possible we haven't really seen this a ton cuz i don't know the only other example i can really think of is uh last world cup remember when Lopetegui took over or he left was it he left spain right before the tournament mm-hmm. And they didn't have a good tournament in that case, but like
0: maybe the new manager bounces in for international football. It's going to be all the rage next year. It's going to be all the rage. Like watch out for the euros and the gold cup and that kind of thing. Berhalter is going to be out of a job about two days beforehand. They'll bring in Bruce arena again and everything will be back to normal. I think, yeah, it's just the new thing we do.
1: So I'm saying should we have fired Greg two days before the tournament and hired like Clint Dempsey to be our manager.
0: Just a thought, but, Well, hold on. In American soccer, the answer is always Quint Dempsey. So what you said is 100% true. Fair enough. Let's move on to
1: quite possibly the biggest fiasco of this entire tournament, Andrew, to me. Um, Belgium, man. They get eliminated because Morocco wins this group. Not simply because, um, but a large reason why they're going home is because Morocco was able to get out of this and they weren't. We talked before this tournament started in our preview pod, man. And we said, I remember I specifically asked you, what constitutes a good tournament for the Belgians coming in here? And I remember us, we both kind of were like, that's a tricky question. I don't know what constitutes a good tournament for them. We kind of had an uneven answer on that. We kind of, you know, just dodged it a bit. But I can tell you for sure that going out in the group stage and only getting three points was not going to constitute a successful tournament for them. Unsuccessful, completely unsuccessful, quite possibly the last gasp for this golden generation of this team. And they're going home and... They're going home on the back of one of the most shocking performances I've ever seen from a striker, and Romelu Lukaku missing about what five, six, seven clear-cut chances. Man, it was it was the type of thing where after the game, I I didn't feel up like I wasn't upset at him. Like if I was a Belgium fan, I was upset for him in that. It was just absolutely horrifying. <laughs> like, what were your thoughts watching Romelu Lukaku miss seven open goals? Especially uh, you as a, especially yeah, you as a true. Chelsea fan. Like you, that's you a nice got thing just- to
0: say, um, as as somebody with a little less patience for Lukaku misses. Um, <laughs> my first thought was like, this does not help your resale value for Chelsea. Um, that's a joke, but like, all three misses are so bad. Right, It's not like the ball, it, he doesn't have anything to like, he doesn't have a lot to do with any of these chances, right? Put ball forward, right? Like, I hate to say it, but like, Mishibesh, why he's walking out of here with a hat trick? Right? Like, all that guy does is finish. He's not good I, at any other parts of soccer, but like, if you give, if you throw the, if you kick the ball at Mishibach, why? He will put it off his chest into the goal. He will bumble it in, right? He will score a header. Like, I I, I agree with you, Andrew. If...
1: I think I'm walking out of there if I had that many hat, chances with a hat. You if at not, least I... score. You at, at least, least
0: one, <laughs> Right. The one At least the chest, I don't even have to know anything about it, right? Like, <laughs> it'd be harder not to score. And, like, I hate to just be on here just being like, well, the strikers got to score. But, like. He's a very highly regarded – Chelsea bought him for a hundred million, and it was not a horrible deal at the time. It is now,
1: but like, I was jealous million- when it happened. I was worried I about it because this, this was pre-Holland, and I thought Chelsea <laughs> had a chance to really make noise in the league. And it's just, yeah, it's
0: crazy.
1: And-, and I don't want to turn this only into Lukaku talk, but it's it's just crazy. The the nosedive this guy's taken in the last year, a, a year and- plus, what maybe maybe I wouldn't even say eighteen months. It's the last. He-
0: 14 is months all, is he the all-time example of just like the thing that matters most with soccer players is confidence, right? Because his confidence is gone. Whatever it is, he forces his out of Chelsea, goes back to Milan, then he's hurt, then he's not, then he's hurt, then he's not playing, right? And then he shows up and You know, like, there's all this talk about all the unrest in the Belgium locker room, and these guys don't talk to each other, and then there's infighting over here, right? And, like, Lukaku kind of comes out of all those reports, if you read them, as, like, the peacemaker, as the guy Mm -hmm. being like, it's one more tournament, we have to come together, right? So if there was ever a time for me to be, like, happy about Lukaku scoring in the last three years, it would have been in these games. And he just he just couldn't do it, man. It was it was heartbreaking just to watch it kind of. Die it was like, it was horrific to watch, man. It was
1: it, I, I'm not kidding. It's like for reference for Americans, but I'm trying to think of just something that's similar. Like, I, I don't know, maybe like the Bill Buckner moment type of thing of like it going through his legs to lose the World Series. Uh, it was terrifying.
0: It It reminded me like the example I would use. And it's not a specific one. But if it's a basketball game, right, and you're down one point, if they follow your best free throw shooter, you feel good, right? Your best free throw shooter is going to step up to the line and hit two of them, and Lukaku misses them both, and you go home a loser, right? Like, yeah. these were these were the closest equivalent to free throws you're going to get, right? Like, I know you're Mr. XG. I don't know if you looked up the XG on these goals, but they had to be, like, almost I believe right, his actually
1: Like I, I believe his individual XG was seven. almost two. I, no, I think it was almost two, which I is totally like. Better, yeah. But like I, I think the like particularly like some of them were a little tougher, right? I, like there was the one I can't remember who cra- crossed it into him, but they like just. V- absolutely laced it into him and it just deflects on it when it goes wide like he didn't know anything about that one fine i, I don't hold that one sure. against him as much it's more unlucky that it didn't hit him and go into the net but like the thorgan hazard cross to him that just i don't i don't understand how he doesn't score man and i don't know let's let's not like i said I, I there, in general there
0: were other problems with the belgian team yes right? like i i would say like it it was not KDB's best tournament, man. No. Like, and, and he played really well, but his he's the only guy on that team, right? Him and Courtois, right? Who are still at the highest level of their game, right? KDB's best in the midfield is better than anybody else's best in the midfield in the world. I think most days, right? Especially as an attacking midfielder. And he was not on it. He'd still make a great pass, but like for all I expected him to like push this group over the edge he was part of the, like i have to give some of it to kdb i know that's your boy but 100 percent. i and i don't disagree with you it just it sometimes looks like he
1: was making i kind of said this as much in the last podcast when we talked about them going into this croatia fixture that sometimes he makes some nice plays and he looks okay out there and it seems like there's just a lack of quality on the end of them but he does not, as somebody who watches him every week, he doesn't look like the same player. And I think it's no. just, it, where there's smoke, there's fire. He doesn't seem comfortable in that Belgium lineup. like I
0: Which, don't know which is insane. He's been playing, right. in the, it's the same Belgian team for the last 12 years. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I know Hazard's not what he was. Right? I, and none of these guys are what they were. But if anything, KDB, this... Absolute magician with the ball, right? The thing he's best at in the world is being a provider, right? If you had to put money on one individual player to perfectly put a through ball through right onto somebody's foot, it's him. And he didn't have he didn't have it, right? Because I I mean he played better than a lot of those guys, but you gotta hold him to a higher standard. It's kind of how I feel about KDB at this point.
1: I definitely agree with you on that. And he doesn't look comfortable with them and yeah man, I, oh, those, I I don't know those
0: comments he had too. It's yeah, oh where gosh. he's just like, Does yeah, James we're too to old? old, we're not
1: going to win. I I don't. Know. There's like I said, where there's smoke, there's fire. There was a lot of drama with that Belgium team. Roberto Martinez was literally out. That basically it seemed like 16 seconds after the final whistle blew
0: in that game. I heard he packed his stuff at halftime.
1: Yeah. That's what I heard. Um and-
0: I do hope KDB kind of carries this negative energy back with him into the season. I don't mean to rain on your parade, but I need. Uh, I need. To it catch sounds like that's somehow.
1: exactly what you're doing,
0: and <laughs> I don't. Appreciate oh, come it. on! I got to. You have the best team in the country. I got to give you something for that. But um, kind of moving on. Just, I, hold I, hold I don't on. on. I, I, don't know I, I just want to. One more. Yeah, thing. I want to
1: yeah. ask you one more thing about Belgium before we just move off of them. Do you think is Belgium dead? Like, is Belgium dead? Like, what do you? Like, they, we got a Euro in two years from now. We got another World right. Cup, obviously, in four years. Well, is
0: Belgium dead? They need an absolute makeover, right? It's got to be, and, and I'll be honest with you, like the guy who should still be leading this team in two years, right, is KDB, still one of the top players in the world. So you, you're you never really out of it. If I mean, look at like Wales making this tournament because they have the ghost of Gareth Bale, right? You know what I mean? Like with that level of guy, like KDB should be able to be, you know, a player that puts you over the top if it's at all close, um I liked what I saw from Jeremy Doku today, right? I thought him and KDB were kind of the only guys really pushing late to get a goal, providing a spark. I just think like anybody older than Kevin's got to go. Him and Courtois should be the only two guys you recognize from this roster.
1: Yeah, I I think I in general will agree with you. I I think they have a chance to still be okay. They got to bring a couple guys through though, like Kevin's God. 31, man. Kevin's 31 and You know, I I think two years from now at the Euro at 33, he's probably still pretty close to top of his game. But like four years from now at at 35 at the next
0: World Cup, I don't know. Yeah, that's guys like Modric, right? You have to be a truly special player to still be at the top of your game here, right? Not that KDB isn't, but like the longevity of that's crazy, right? No one would be surprised if at 36 he wasn't good enough to play in the midfield or get them to a World Cup if he is. They've right. got a couple of guys, the uh, Charles De DeCatelare, who I think made a move to enter Milan, right? Um, AC. He's been kind of, AC Milan, thank you. He's been kind of hurt. He hasn't really played, um, but he's kind of this bright, young talent. And then they also have, uh, um, isn't it, Salimakers is on that team as well, mm-hmm. right? So, like, they have guys, right? And, of course, these guys all seem to play an attack, but this next young group, if Kevin can kind of bring them up with him, right? Doesn't mean they're done, but I don't know that I'm counting on seeing them at major tournaments once all these guys are gone. Well, even like Trossard, man. Trossard, I believe, is like 27 or so. And Uh, yeah,
1: like they they played into it, like not today, sorry, yesterday we more recording, they played him over Hazard, and it's like, I don't I don't even understand, like, Roberto Martinez was coming into this tournament and saying that Hazard's one of their most important players. It's quite obvious that that's not the case
0: anymore. To we talk about Thorgan? Just talk about Thorgan. This is yeah, a classic like, Hazard mix-up. Like, but, I'm joking, but... But, like, seriously. It, like, th- like Thorgan's better than
1: Eden at this point. It's just like... Right. I, I, I don't maybe with a new manager, they bring in a couple of guys like uh, somebody that we mentioned. I don't, I at least flagged them when we talked about them in the preview, like Voot Faze. Like why is you're, you're going to start the ghost of like Vertongen at center <laughs> in back instead. World. Yeah. Yeah. And out, yeah. Like, you're not even going to give this guy a look really in the entire tournament. Like this guy is a younger, he's playing well for Leicester of late coming in. It's, it's just, and, I, and I don't speaking know. Speaking of
0: Lester, Yuri Tielemans, right. Doesn't get yeah. a start in this game. Right. And, and Axel Witzel, I think played pretty well comparatively. Right. But that guy's like, they, they, you talk Objectively about Morocco, really good but, at soccer. <laughs> Morocco, right. Made the move. We just talked about Morocco made the move to bring in a new manager and get new eyes on this. I don't know that Roberto De Matteo. maybe he got absolutely the most out of them and even getting them here, but new eyes on this team and this collection of players. Right. I I think a lot of the blame's got to go there too, man. Like this is a talented group and he's had this talented group for a while with no, nothing to, nothing to speak for.
1: Right. And I let's, let's round it out. Cause we're going super long on Belgium, but they are, I think the most, the yeah. biggest disappointment in this tournament because this is a group that was very much
0: winnable for them winna- winnable 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 winnable. 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 Take
1: winnable if not at least you should be like like i think it would have been a a bit of a failure for them to finish second in this group much less not get through it
0: right and it's it's different we talk about like germany and spain in the group of death there right but those teams were always going to cannibalize each other a little bit right Belgium had to be happy with this group when the draw came out, right? They had to look at the other teams and go, "We got the most talent, right?" You want to argue what Croatia, right? Maybe, but like they had to be excited about this, and it's just a travesty. Like they just right. absolutely fumbled the bag. And
1: objectively, the like objectively, the second best team on paper was Croatia. And they played their best game against Croatia. They should have won that game. If Romelu Lukaku yep. doesn't have the biggest shocker of his life,
0: well, they win for- that
1: game. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I, I know that Roma Lukaku's had some bad performances, but nothing I don't think ever to that level. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, no, but, I
0: just couldn't. I All I meant was I couldn't pitch which shocker you were talking about. Like, they're all shocking. God, <laughs>
1: but um, yeah, shocker, I, I
0: his game was so bad. We can't even pick out which one's the worst.
1: Uh, yeah, and it's they, <sighs> they should have won that game. But like, you can't put yourself if you're them. You can't even put they shouldn't have ever been in the situation. Like they got lucky to win that Canada game. Go out and take take care of business against Morocco at that point, And you're
0: fine. You're fine. Right. And I mean, not to repeat a bad joke from the other day, but when you talk about Leck, you got to talk about Australia and Lecky. And here we go, Australia moving on, getting out of the group, fighting their way through something neither one of us saw coming. Right. We talked about they barely <laughs> even qualified. They saw coming they Had all these issues. Right. Like. I don't know we we may have even asked if they would score right and they like they've had all these issues but hey man you show up you play your game Australia moving on
1: man I I think I saw that Australia has like the lowest expected goals we talked about um, Germany getting eliminated for having a lot of. Ex- expected goals and not going through. I think I saw Australia has like the lowest expected goals in the tournament of any team so far. And yet here they are, man. And (laughs) I feel bad because I said the same thing about Morocco with like, as I'm going to say about them, like, especially with, you know, your wonderful joke of better to be lecky than good. Like they've been very quote unquote lecky so far, but look, they, it seems like, like we asked in our preview, like, did they have any magic left? And they've got some magic. That it's that classic Socceroos magic and that they found a way, man. they've They go through on six points. Like, they're not even going through on like a f- scrap together four points type of thing. They lose to Australia. I mean, they lose to Australia. They lose to France, obviously. <laughs> but they won their other two fixtures. And... You know, at some point, like beating Denmark and I don't even think I put Denmark in our outline is a fiasco. Um, oh. We should talk about them a little bit because that, I think that is an absolute fiasco. Like I picked him to win this group and they just weren't at it. But let's get into that in a second. Let's praise Australia for a second, man. Um, a little bit of lack for sure, but here they are.
0: They, They're kind of the epitome of like just show up and play your game. Right. What they do is they show up, they're organized defensively, and they really push on the counter. Right. None of their guys are afraid to take a shot from distance. They've had a couple of those in this. Like, you know, you talk about like the lowest XG, right? Like, that's because they're shooting from far off. That's because they're taking guys on two on one and kind of just trying shit. Right. (laughs) For lack of a better term. Like, they're the underdogs. They play, they play like it. Sutar at the back. SO right? Sutar, am I saying that right? S-O-U-T-T-A-R. He's like four guys playing defense, right? The amount of like late in that, in that last game they played, right? The amount of like late headers that just went off his head back to, you know, 30 yards out. Right. they had whole offense had to reset their playing against their defense just stayed compact. Like
1: Australian Walker Zimmerman,
0: <laughs> the Australian Walker Zimmerman. Um, and then like, he's coming back off an injury. People didn't think he was going to be there they've got a guy on their team on crutches. I don't know if you saw like their celebration right after they went through, but they, they've kept a guy like basically made him the minister of morale, right? This guy who was like fighting to come back and get, and be able to play in the squad gets hurt again. And instead of like leaving him at home, coach brings him to Qatar. Like that's shit. A high school boys basketball team does to like really keep the group together. It's not something you expect from like at the highest level of sports. And it's all just working. Like, I don't know that they're going to go it much farther. I don't know that they're um, somebody that Argentina's got them in their next game is super worried about, we'll talk about. But, like, what a group, man. What a group.
1: Yeah, I think that for Australia, I hate to disparage people, but, like, this is already a massive success of a tournament just to get out of the group. And, like I said, they they've just got – it it just feels like the Socceroos just always have some type of magic at tournaments, man. Even when they go out like in a group stage, they always pull off something kind of magical, and
0: they're we, a fairy tale. You, I mean, they're a fairy tale. They're they are the definition.
1: All. I think of almost any of the teams we've talked about today. They are like, yes. like I picked Japan to get through. Like I, I think Japan had enough hype about them. Right. South Korea
0: is South feisty. Wasn't right the craziest
1: thing to me if they would have gotten through Yeah, Tunisia, like, okay, maybe one of Belgium or Croatia aren't at it in that group. Poss- right. Mor- Tunisia, Tunisia I said Morocco. Yeah, yeah. Morocco. Whoa. Yep. Sorry. Sorry, Moroccans. Um, but Australia, like, I didn't give them a shot in this group, man. I don't think no. you gave them a shot in this group either. And here they are, just no. classic soccer room magic, man.
0: I, and they're, they seem like a great group, right? They look to be having fun. They enjoy playing together, right? Like, you watch them play and you go, like, they're the definition of whole is some of their more than the sum of their parts. Mm-hmm. But and I
1: think that's, that's super something I'm realizing in this tournament is just like talent. It, obviously an in international soccer isn't everything a lot of it's how well you can link a team together and they're playing as one kind of like we had described earlier
0: it, it's it's what makes this tournament so great right you push for four years to even get a chance to be in the tournament but once you're in the tournament man you show up with your boots on with the, your 11 guys and their 11 guys and it's a game of soccer it's the same thing we love when we're watching the premier league and like I keep wanting to say North, but like you know, Fulham or somebody beats a really good team, right? It's like, yeah, just today they were better, and that's all you got to do. You put a couple, it's... you put a couple good weeks together, and all of a sudden, yeah, no round of uh, round of sixteen knockout round, Socceroos strike again.
1: It's uh, to steal an American football reference. It's the any given Sunday thing, man, and. Awesome to see him. Just one more thing before we move on from them is uh did you see like the celebrations of them like Australia oh, celebrating the goal at yes. like 3:30 in the morning?
0: Australia uh, <laughs> I don't know how many Australians you know. Um I knew a couple from college. Every Australian I've ever met is an insane person and a really good dude. Um so it was absolute chaos, right? They win and it's a lot of people and it looked like, oh, yeah, this is kind of how, you know, like the USA watch parties look. And then there's immediately fire everywhere. There's immediately fire everywhere. And it's not like a tragedy. <laughs> like, there's fire and celebration everywhere. Everywhere goes completely nuts. There's drinks being thrown like I look, man, I we should have gone to Australia.
1: You know the the meme of the dog that's like sitting and he's like in the fire and everything's burning down. He's like, everything's that's just, I feel like that's just Australia. Anytime, like anytime anything goes right in the country of Australia, that's just how people are. But um, they're they're a
0: fun group, man. They're fun, fun, fun.
1: Um, I didn't put them in our rundown as a fiasco, but it just organically has kind of come up. Let's spend 90 seconds on Denmark, man. They just, they didn't seem at it at all in this tournament, man. Like they, these are semi-finalists at last year's Euros. I mean, it was Euro 2020, but it was last summer, and they just weren't at it, man. They never looked like they were at it. They looked okay, I thought, in the France game, the toughest game they had, but against both of Tunisia and Australia, they just they didn't have it, man.
0: For every time I was surprised at the Euros that they were the better team, I was disappointed in this tournament that they were not the better team, right? Like, that was, you know, before we really knew about, like, Hoybier and Schmeichel and this team and how Eriksson was going to be one of the best players and you know like their attack was kind of anonymous and now we know all those guys because of the Euro run and they didn't do anything, man. There, I I think arguably you can maybe say they were one of the d- most disappointing teams.
1: So I've got a little bit of a and this is going to take more than ninety seconds because we just fucking run along on everything, but we'll go through these game through these game previews in a minute, really really fast. Um. Do you think maybe there's like something to the fact that if you look at both of Denmark and Germany, one two of the bigger disappointments in this tournament probably they were really looking to send like social injustice, uh, like political injustice messages type of thing, like really going hard against Qatar and stuff. Um. Do you think maybe just, I I don't know, somehow culturally this whole maelstrom of trying to be focused on that and sending messages, which I'm not criticizing them for sending messages. I think think these were important things to send, but do you think maybe there's something to, they got a little caught up in all of that and just lost focus
0: at least a little bit at all? I'll be honest. I think it has nothing to do with that because if we were sitting here, then Germany and Denmark both go, went through, I think we can make the same point of their playing for something more than just the tournament. Right. Right. Um, But we're not, they didn't win the soccer games. And like those two things are completely un unrelated, right? Like I, I think it's an important thing to say. Um, I wish more teams were speaking out and speaking for what they thought was right or wrong at this tournament. But I, I don't think, I think the idea that if they wouldn't have said anything we'd be talking about them right now getting through. I just think that's just untrue.
1: Yeah. And I, I agree with you. It's just something I've seen posed online from people of like, Oh, they were caught up in this. I think it's nonsense too. That
0: like, you know, I, I yeah, think these you're guys just, are just, you're just posing the question. It's, it's a fair, I, think, I mean, I don't know that it's a fair question, but it is something getting brought up right now, which is right. And I think we're just both gra- sit here and say, it's ridiculous rather than not saying yeah. it.
1: I think we're grasping at straws there. I think you just got to say that they just both didn't like Germany in particular, like D- Denmark legitimately just did not look at it to me. Germany in look, particular though, like so poor. Yeah. Germany led uh, like I, Germany, I could be, Germany. I'm pretty played sure, well. I said it like, earlier. And if I'm wrong, I, I'm pretty sure they led the group stage of all teams in the group stage and expected goals. So like Germany right. played well, it's just a matter of, Things didn't fall that way. I think it's just more of a coincidence that these were two teams that went really in two-footed at Qatar.
0: Well, and and like, just to compare the two, right? Because they're also just two big teams that are going out, right? There are favorite, you could have favorite German moments from this tournament, right? Oh, Musiala really kind of emerged onto the international stage as a really good player, right? The game, when it came down to the end where Germany's trying to score one more goal, two more goals to get through, and they have that back-breaking goal um, from Costa Rica, right? That really knocks them out. Denmark showed up and played, and I can't tell you one thing they did. And me and you have watched and talked about this tournament to death, here, man. Like they might as well—they might as well stayed home, gotten some rest, because this was a super. This was the worst. That was. I'm gonna say it. that was the worst showing by a major team at this tournament.
1: I think I would agree with you because literally, they, like I said, they looked. They lost the game, but they looked competent against France. I thought. Outside that, they did not get up for both of the Tunisia and the, um, today, wow, who were just Australia games. So I don't know, huge disappointment for me too. Like I said, I picked him to win this group and I've got... Egg on my face
0: on that one, as I do with a lot of my picks. But yeah. Whatever. Let's let's, let's move on the to our... are, the, the games. Are so early because me and you always have me- egg on our face every day yeah. we wake up to talk about these. It's um, uh, it's
1: it's made breakfast really easy in the mornings for me. I'll like for some going of the egg work. on my
0: face, yeah. and uh, yeah. just
1: just lick the cheeks a little bit, and we're all good to go out the door. But uh, let's move on to our final fiasco, and I I wrote Mexico as our final fiasco team, but like you know let's just round this out. Cause I feel like it's fair to just make this a conca calf corner. And that remember on the preview pod that we were
0: so me and you about Canada.
1: Well, no, I would say, I no, remember <laughs> we, we were, we were hopeful, but we ended up both not picking them to progress. We only picked the U S to progress. We said it on our preview pod. Like both of us ended up with only the U S out of Concacaf getting to the round of 16. And, Look, I had some bad takes. You had some bad takes, but we were right on that one. And
0: what the fuck, Concacaf? Like, you just somebody else help us out. To be right, I'm happy to be right, but at the same time, gotta represent a little bit. Just like Spencer was saying there, like, put some know, respect it, on our name. Well, there's a reason. Like, our fourth team in Concacaf has to go play like the depths of Oceania to even get in here, right? In New Zealand, and it's it's it, the it's, only team they'll ever play. I know, but like still. You think Solomon this, Islands is getting through? I mean, it depends on how good Solomon is. Vanuatu? Um, <laughs> I don't. But that's what I'm saying, right? Like, it doesn't help our case for like more CONCACAF teams should be good. I think me and you would both say CONCACAF, very underrated. People don't get it if they don't watch, right? Because you're going to go get CONCACAF. But then it's hard for us to make that case when costa rica looked like the second best you can make an argument costa rica looked like the second best team out of CONCACAF. i think it was mexico but you could make that argument of like at least costa rica like played hard did well like costa rica did better than better than canada and anybody who saw that happening in qualifying is lying to you right
1: right so I'm just going to go through all three really quick because we're running so fucking long on these fairy tales <laughs> and fiasco. So let's just get through this last f- couple fiasco teams, Mexico. Let's start there. Just start at the top Mexico. I think you were unlucky to not go through, but you, you put yourself in that situation. You waited too late. You, if you take care of business against Poland, you're never in that situation. You had a tough, group. Yeah. you had a tough group. Like Argentina is tough. Poland, like, look, I picked Poland to get out of this group over Mexico. I picked Mexico to finish bottom of this group, but like Poland looked terrible. Poland did not look good. Like Poland is maybe of all the teams that have advanced from their groups. They might've looked the worst in the group stage. They just, they were not, they were terrible. We talked about it when we talked about that fixture, they were bad against Mexico. They got a draw somehow. They beat Saudi Arabia, which is, I mean, it's tough. It's tough to say with like Saudi Arabia beating, Argentina, obviously, but, like, you should have beat Saudi Arabia for sure. Everybody in that group should have beat Saudi Arabia. And then you get, you know, pretty much bad. Like, if, if one person can leave this group stage with pride for Poland, it's Wojciech Ciesny, the goalkeeper, because yeah. he made, like, 11 saves yesterday against Argentina. It's the only reason they're going through, basically, on goal difference. And I think, no, they're going through on fair play, aren't they? Because the goal difference yeah. was the same. Nonetheless, I mean, he kept their goal difference at the same because he was so good the other day. So, Poland was terrible. Mexico, you should
0: you're better than them, and you should have gotten through. Yeah, I, I just think like, and Tata Martino immediately fired. Like, you know how how big this is, how big of a deal this is going to be in Mexico, right? Like, it's going to be a complete turnover there. I you kind of mentioned it. You really hit the nail on the head with this. Is like, is this going to be the wake up call? right? Is this going to be the wake up call and we're, to to see, and, and we're going to see a young, energized Mexican team here in a couple of years? Or was that like kind of a golden generation that you didn't realize because Mexico is a bigger soccer country than a lot. Right. But they don't have like the, the guys coming up the pipe are not as good as the guys they already had in there.
1: 100%. And it's something that they're, they've got to have that coming to God moment like the U S did five years ago, basically, of they got to look themselves in the mirror and be like as a federation and be like, what's going on here? Because like even outside the national team, Andrew, like I I think this has just gone under the radar with like a lot of people and like the Seattle Sounders won the CONCACAF Champions League too last year, like Liga MX owns that. Which which
0: exists, right? You have to make sure people know. It's a real hey. competition, but you, I, I joke about it, but you make a good point. Like the, the prevailing the domestic league is falling always off. the prevailing thought has always been that the Mexican teams are better than the U S teams. Right. Right. Especially when you do the math of most of the Mexican teams are almost entirely Mexican players. Right. Whereas a lot of these U S rosters, they're, they're, best players. They're most attacking players are from Ecuador, are from, you know, other Central American countries, right? Like that's where the good players come from. So this idea that like the Mexican teams are losing to the U.S. teams and then this, like I don't know where they go from here. They got to rebuild this whole thing, but we got to keep it moving.
1: (laughs) Yeah, 100%. That's my last thought on Mexico. It's just that Mexico has to look, because this is not even, if you're Mexican-American or Mexican and you're listening to this, this is not even a... Biased take by me, like the U.S. is like I think they have to look in the mirror and be like the U.S. is overtaking us. Like the this is our biggest rival in world soccer. It's been coming. Yeah, their domestic league is like I don't want to go too far in the domestic league. At the very, at the very least,
0: equal, which it was not.
1: Right, it's the first time that an MLS team won that championship. But like it's been, it's been getting closer and closer. The national team, you know, look, Concacaf Gold Cup beat them. CONCACAF um, Nations Nation League plate. beat them in the final. Yeah. And then we're going further with them at the World Cup in a group that I would say is
0: on par with their group. I I would say I was much happier with our draw than their draw. I, I, think I do that, think we have an easier group. I think we have the better team out of all the teams with England, right? But I would not have traded. <laughs> I was happy to play Wales and... Uh, Oh my gosh. It's been a day. I ran. But I, I was, I was happier to play I, Wales and Iran than their other two teams.
1: I'm not going to lie. Point. I, I'm going to disagree with you. And I'm going to say that I think that if you dropped us in that group, I would have fancied us to get out of it. But this well, is I think splitting it
0: out. I'm just saying this yeah, is honestly, we'll, we'll yeah, this
1: is, hairs. this is splitting hairs. I'm just saying that Mexico has to look in the mirror and be like the neighbors to the North and the neighbors to the North of them. Now in Canada, they've, really come on and if they want to be kings of Concacaf like they have for a long time they're gonna to have to do some deep diving some soul searching
0: yeah and, and you bring up canada last thing on them real quick just because we we've got to move on yeah, let's canada. get to the
1: Concacaf corner
0: we, we've already talked about canada a lot but the thing i will say for canada is they need to this needs to be the building block it cannot be the one-time flash in a pan right, right? they need to build that midfield build that defense I thought Borjan was pretty good for them coming into this tournament. Now I think that that guy is a nightmare because <laughs> he was playing out of the back. Um, but like, it cannot just be the Alfonso Davies show. It can't, they need a couple need, guys. They, they they've got to develop. Yeah, they've got to develop a couple
1: guys at the back and in the midfield because like Hutchinson's, I believe, was thirty nine coming thirty nine. He's the
0: oldest player in the tournament. Yeah. yeah.
1: So like, he's obviously not going to be around for anything else for them really. Great for him, he got to play in a World Cup and stuff. But like, they're gonna have to bring uh, along a couple guys in the midfield. They're gonna have to bring along a couple guys in defense. Potentially another goalkeeper. They've got the pieces in attack. We've kind of always referenced they have the pieces in attack. But it, it was kind of what we were worried about with this team is that if you could get past that attack and
0: you know get to that midfield, and that defense, you they were always going to be in trouble. And and then even just to round it out, Costa Rica. Talk about you know you talk about Hutchinson being the oldest guy at the tournament. Their whole teams, Costa Rica's entire team, seemed to be the oldest guy at the tournament. So I, I thought they played extremely well for what I thought they were going to be able to do coming into uh, into this tournament. But good send-off for those guys. Keylor Navas, an absolute legend. Joel Campbell, an absolute legend. But, you know, thanks, guys. We hope to never have to play away again at your place in CONCACAF. <laughs>
1: Oh well, it's coming. That's definitely coming. But well, not not yeah. with
0: them there. It's different if Kaler is not going to be between the that does help. Joel Campbell's out front. It definitely Remember helps. Brian Ruiz, that guy used to ruin. Oh yeah,
1: hundred percent. But yeah, I mean, you know, it was like senior send off for them for like a team. I don't know if you're like senior day for like a college basketball team when they're just completely overmatched and they've had like seven wins all year. That's how I felt about Costa Rica being in this tournament. But like, I'm being an asshole. But like they lost seven nothing day 1. They looked like they were dead. They gave like they they fought afterwards. I appreciated how they fought afterwards. They gave us almost I would say the most exciting what, 2 to 3 minutes I've ever had as a soccer fan when they took the lead against Germany and it was going to be them and Japan going through and Spain and Germany both getting eliminated like quite possibly the two most exciting minutes I've ever had watching this sport, which is awesome. So I appreciate that from them, but outside that, I mean, I don't know. You show up day one, you get wallop seven, nothing. Yeah. It's, it's you, a tough you, look for the you whole region.
0: Showed, you showed up when you could argue Canada didn't and Mexico should have. Um, I think we should move on to these game previews, buddy. We got,
1: 100%. let's start
0: off hot. Let's start off with the one, to watch here, Spencer, you doing anything tomorrow morning? <laughs> I am.
1: <laughs> We're staying right in the CONCACAF corner. We said let's wrap up the CONCACAF corner, but uh, well, some, we, not all the CONCACAF is wrapped up, some of us got more stuff to do. We got one team left, baby, and they happen to be the United States of America. The bosses of Concacaf, the reigning Gold Cup champions, the reigning Concacaf Nation League champions, the only team to get out of the group stage, the United States men's national team. Andrew, and that is what I will be doing tomorrow morning: is watching them take on
0: the Dutch. The Dutch, a formidable opponent. Um, kind of back to you if you listen to our our uh, us talking about the Iran game before it happened. It was a lot of us talking ourselves into players, right? That were good for them and that we had to be wary of them. Now I have to talk myself out of players, right? Like, oh, maybe Cody Gackpo is not going to be that good. Or I think we can shut down the lit and I, th- or uh, uh, De right? You know what I mean? It's, it's kind of more of that positive self talk, other than like, tell everyone you know that Iran is good and not to underestimate them. You don't need to sell people on the Dutch man. They've got a lot of good players. It looks like Pulisic and Sargent. Pulisic should play. I'm hopeful Sargent will be available. Who knows if that means he should start or not? He trained today, um, so he trained. To, yeah, trained today, sign. but you know, just because he's healthy, right? Greg has already not picked him. Another in our other biggest game, right against England, our other top team we played against. He went with uh, Mr. Corner Flag himself, so you know he could do that again and i think with reason but where do you think where can the usa get to the dutch where should we attack
1: okay so i just want to reference this as first that we're gonna get through these game through like these game previews fast because we talked before we got on and realistically with us recording on friday night and the game being in oh uh we'll be almost the end of the first half 12 hours from now andrew so (laughs) we don't know this will probably be pretty dated by the time you hear it but I will put this out in the ether and you know, if I'm right, then I want the record to show that I was a genius. I think the best place that the U S could get at the Dutch is down the left side where daily Blind is the left back for this team. And I, I don't want to say daily Blind's not a good player. I think he's actually quite an underrated player, but one thing he does lack is pace, Andrew. And if you look at the left side, who's playing on the right right now for the U.S., Andrew?
0: Serginio can, Dest. Serginio Dest. And is Timothy way of quick? Do you think of him as being particularly fast? I, I, would, I would consider
1: him a relatively fast player. And I think that's an area we're going to be able to attack on this team. Um, I, and who knows? Maybe, like, if I'm looking at this team, and like we say, we're not – is tacticians tati- t- a word? Uh Tactici- tact- t- t- tacticians. T- t- tacticians. Tacticians. There, there we go. We found it. We found it. Teamwork. Yeah,
0: you combine min- that and statisticians and it was fantastic.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Teamwork. Teamwork makes the dream work, baby. But I'm not we don't consider ourselves tacticians, but if I was uh managing the Dutch team, I think that Molassia would make a lot more sense to be played in this game, but they've played daily blend every single fixture. They've started him every single fixture so far.
0: And they have for years. And they have for years. Right? Have for that'd, years. Be a, that'd be a big call for, for right. Van Hal to make. Um, the other thing I'll kind of say, just if we're going to get into tactical stuff is like the Dutch lineup, you kind of brought it up there with daily blend is usually something you can, maybe they'll move a guy in or guy out. Right. But it's, it's really pretty set. They have a lot of big name players right now. The reports are that the flu is kind of going through their roster, right? So um who knows, man. We could get an absolute gift here of not having to play against Virgil van Dijk. Like we you never know, right? And these things mm-hmm. are obviously being kept under wraps by the Dutch themselves. So they're not going to tell you who's sick and everything like that. Greg would use that to try well, to game plan, so. The,
1: the report I saw specifically named Frankie De Jong, which yeah, he somehow Jong, is yeah. not at 100% or can't even play it
0: for that matter that'd be huge. I I'll be honest, even if he plays, I think we can still boss this midfield. Right? He's uh, he's If an we're bossing player, but If we're
1: bossing the England midfield, we should be able to boss almost any midfield at this tournament, I
0: think. Yes. Sir, that is the positivity we maybe are like, looking for. Maybe in. like Spain. Right, Spain, Like look, Madrid, uh, yeah. I am I'm, I'm not trying to Japan, Japan. Japan just did that though. Right? right Japan just I've, didn't boss their midfield, but took them out of the game. There are ways around it right i'm 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 not even
1: trying to be pie in the sky with this I just think watching this tournament more and more uh, just work rate dude, the work rate of this midfield compared to a lot of midfielders here like look, we were worried that Weston McKinney wasn't starting every day for Juventus and stuff, and like uh, dude yeah. I, <laughs> he looks amazing out there. Like who knows if that's like a club over country or country over club type thing, but he looks like he's uh, like, he can't give 90 minutes. Sure. He's getting taken out of the games, but for those 60 minutes or so, he's so added every single time. And the work rate of this whole midfield, Musa and Adams, especially they've outworked every single midfield they've seen. And
0: you know, I, 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 I like their chances in the midfield for sure in this game. I, I do too. Um I think we've got to move on here cuz you'll have a, hardly have time to listen to this before they play tomorrow. But um two questions here for the US. Do you think we see Cameron Carter Vickers at center back and who do you want starting up top?
1: Oh man. Quick so, ones. Quick ones. Yeah, Quick hit. The CCV thing. Um Oh, he played so well last game, but I think that was a
0: tactical like type thing. I
1: think they go back to Walker Zimmerman.
0: Okay, Walker Zimmerman, and then who do you want up top? Now, who do you think will play? Not want. Who do you think? will play? Who do play I, up
1: think top? Play? Um, mm, I think will play? I think Sargent's enough of a concern. He played so well against Iran. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the bread cum- crumbs that Greg Greg gave us before, and I'm gonna say that he. Follows suit with what he did with England, and he plays Haji right. But he'll probably throw a curveball to
0: all of us, and we're gonna see our first appearance by Jesus Ferrer this <laughs> I, I <laughs> The it'll be known as the Jesus Ferrer game if that happens. Um, I, I, if you're going Zimmer, I do. I did like what CCV did more I love than doing. Zimmerman did in possession. Um, and to be honest, like I was surprised Zimmerman stayed after that Wales game. Right, I thought the change would go then, if ever. I think once we've seen something good, I think it's hard to change back from that. There and and Zimmerman came in like, let's have another lead again late, right? Bring Zimmerman in to be the forehead, and and we'll be good here. Um, the Dutch do have a lot of size. Again, the other guy, if you're looking for just kind of names to pick out in their attack. Memphis Depay plays for Barcelona. He's been injured kind of coming into this, but he did start their last game. And then Cody Gakpo has been their young attacking player. He's already scored, I think, just twice in this tournament, but he's scored.
1: Yeah, but he's been so good. My argument with Depay would be that, yeah, he started last game, but they were playing guitar. And ever since I picked guitar, it's basically a scrimmage, so it doesn't really count. So, <laughs> um, no, just, who you got? Just,
0: just to the health of him there. Um, yeah. Who do I got in this one? Who you I'm going to ride with the Americans. Um, at this point, I'd rather be a little pie in the sky and hopefully be right and worry about being wrong. Like, you know, I'm usually the negative one, but look, man, I don't know if I feel good or if I just am tired, but I'm happy to go with the Americans here. I'd I'd rather believe in them than, uh, be right. You know what I mean? It doesn't do me any good there, but I think they have a legitimate shot in this game. They played well enough against, they're the only, they're the USA is the only team to not concede from open play. Right. So that means if Walker Zimmerman doesn't put his foot in the wrong spot, we literally would not have conceded a goal. That is the best defensive record heading into this. If you would have said, Hey, you know who's got the best defensive record (laughs) heading into this game, the US or the Dutch? I'd be like, Well, one of these teams has Virgil van Dijk and Matthias DeLitt and played guitar. So you know (laughs) that they're not going to have to like the fact that, like, we are a legitimate team. Right, this is not a blind USA homer pick. Um, it may come out that way in the wash, but I feel like I can justify it enough. Spencer, who do you got?
1: So we both, uh, as bad as some of our predictions were, we nailed this fixture. We nailed, nailed it. it, perfect. Nailed it, and we won't have any slander about other picks. That's why we haven't even mentioned anything about me picking Serbia and them being out of the tournament. And we're just or, that's, or that's the last we'll hear. You of it. haven't mentioned Qatar. Um, yeah. Or
0: Uruguay. Yeah, yeah, well, yep. um, okay. Well.
1: You know, enough of the <laughs> slander living I in the now. Really well. So the, the great news is that I can comfortably be a homer and pick the United States here. And I'm in some aspect right either way, Andrew. And for all the same things you said, this team defensively is really good. This like surprisingly great. I would love to see CCB again because he looked amazing against Iran. I don't think Iran really had a ton about them most of the game couple chances at the end when we kind of sat back, but I think that this is a game that like, look at the England game. I I think the U S plays better in big games against better opponents. I think we have a harder time against the opponents that are more apt to sit back and, you know, try to make us break them down. Uh, We can go into why that is at some other time, but I, I think this is the type of game the Dutch haven't done enough to impress me. Uh, if I was putting money on the game tomorrow, which, you know, fuck it. I might wake up in the morning and I might do that, but I would, I th- I put my money on the U S Andrew. And yeah, maybe it's a Homer pick, Let's but go, I I'm not fucking up the mojo, man.
0: No, we keep it rolling here. I got a ride. If we, we play Argentina, if,
1: if well, like the segue, if we play Argentina in the next round, then oh, 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 I might have, to I fucking... will be
0: even more excited about picking right. the U S and legitimately <laughs> my head, but we'll get there when we get there. Argentina, Australia. We have talked a lot about both these teams. Argentina was the absolute darling coming into this. They took a big hit. They were able to rebound and get through. And they get rewarded with Australia, who has been the absolute luckiest team of this tournament, right? Luckiest. Um, le- yeah, I, I didn't even I didn't want to recycle that joke a third time. So um, we gotta just stay on brand here. That's what we got here. Um the thing is. I weirdly think that this lines up perfect for Australia. I don't know that that means they're going to win the game, but all they have to do is stay organized defensively and shoot from distance and take their one opportunity when they get this. They've got a lot of practice playing exactly how they're going to need to play against Argentina.
1: Look, I think this is going to be similar to the France-Australia game where, yeah, Australia might have something about them. Might nick one. Something might happen, but it just at the end of the day, Argentina has all the talent in the world to play them off the pitch. Yes. And if they aren't able to do so in Leo Messi's last World Cup, I don't know, man. I, I think this Argentina team, I think that they have a chance after that early adversity. I think it's almost a good thing that they've managed to find their stride. They, I mean, they battered Poland to the other day like they they could have won that game by six seven goals um Mm. they played well against mexico they even like i I referenced before when we talked about that upset against saudi arabia i thought they played well against saudi arabia even and they were really unlucky in that game argentina looks good to me and i've got them pretty comfortably in this game andrew
0: I, i i'm i'll go with you as well there to the argentina um winning this game but i i'm i'll say it again here I think styles make fights, right? Like this, like Argent or Australia, right? If you think of it from their perspective, does not want to like possess the ball, right? They do, they want a team to try to force them back and attack and get headers out and then hit them on the counter. And that is exactly what Argentina wants them to do, right? Ideally, I think Argentina would like a team to try to come out and play with them more, right? Argentina is, or Australia is dreaming of one nil, right? Because that probably means that, if anything, that's their best hope for a win. Argentina's got to be worried if this score is anything less than three goals in this game. Just because of, then it starts getting into weird territory, right? It starts getting weird. Messi's missing penalties, right? Like you start talking about all the weight of the shirt and that kind of thing, right? Like I'm picking Argentina. I think they'll do comfortably, but I still think you should tune in and watch 1 p.m. tomorrow. I do think it's still a, a going to be an entertaining game.
1: Yeah, I think there might be I, I think Australia will I, I don't think they're going to go out and get battered or anything. They'll make a fight of it, but I just think at the end Argentina is just just too good. They should, they should see this team off pretty comfortably, I think.
0: Absolutely. Um, moving on to moving on to the next one here, we've got Japan and Croatia. Is this the most interesting fixture you think, Spencer? I think it's up there.
1: Like, I think the Netherlands-USA fixture is really fascinating, even if you're not a fan of those two teams or one of those two teams like we are. But I think this is a really interesting fixture because when you look at the Japanese team, we talked about it earlier of they seem to really play good against these like really big sides that are going to dominate possession and dominate the flow of the game. Just kind of a like a great counter-attacking, counter-pressing team. And to me, when I look at Croatia, I think Croatia is quite a good team. But are they? Are they that? Are they like one of those teams that's going to completely dominate possession? Like that's a, that's a little bit of dare I say like Croatia's MO a little bit, it's going to be like, yeah, they want some possession and stuff to run through that midfield, which is their biggest asset, but they're not going out and they're not planning on, I think taking possession like 75 to 25 or something, you know? So I I don't know. It's interesting. I, I don't know how to call this one necessarily.
0: Yeah. I, I like Croatia in this. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of Croatia. That's not a surprise here um and japan's had an incredible run i just think eventually like Modric, kovacic and i think brozovic has really really been really good for croatia in this tournament here right like um i don't think there's a more organized team than japan and we just saw japan be able to press spain which i didn't honestly think anybody was going to be able to do right my i picked spain to win the whole thing part of that was because i was like if anybody tries to come out and play with spain they can pass it around them we just saw Japan put them in a blender. Um, I am going to pick Croatia to go through on this one. I haven't. This
1: is one like I didn't pick coming into this. There's a few of these that I'm just like, yeah. I look at them and I'm like, yeah, 100%. It's this team. I really don't know. I think this one could end up being a really good game. Um, oh, fuck. I'm on the spot here.
0: Fuck it, man. I'm riding with Japan. Fuck yeah, it. go for it, man. It's all fun and games at this point, man. Like honestly, I just hope all these games are incredible. Um, they, they
1: showing a lot to me, dude. Japan
0: looks really good. I'm gonna ride the. I'm gonna ride the wave. Ride that wave, man. Speaking of something that would need to be incredible, we've got South Korea versus Brazil. Brazil S- versus Brazil. Yep, I for Korea to have a chance, son. I think I'm gonna say this right now son needs to be the best player on both teams i think he needs to, he's capable of doing it he has the talent to be the best player on both teams here which is insane for any team playing brazil but i i I think he's got to be able to do it he's got to be he's got to be their maestro
1: south korea you've been fun to watch i'm happy you're here <laughs> it was a great story um yeah, Neymar might not play. Maybe you're like, oh, that's an advantage or something. No, I, I just I got Brazil and I don't see it not being Brazil basically anyway. And if it's not Brazil, then Brazil's yeah, it's a fiasco in Brazil. We'll be talking about that on our next fairy tale fiasco.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you, you say like Neymar not playing like it doesn't matter. Like they didn't look as good an attack without Neymar. And to be honest, if you're a team playing against Brazil and you could not have Neymar play. You should always do that. Neymar should, you should always not play Neymar if you can help it.
1: Well, they also rotated the squad a ton today. Like, yeah, they lost to Cameroon. I, they, they were through and they were probably through top of the group, no matter what. And they knew that they were, they were, they were sitting on six points. Yeah. And they rotated the squad and they looked like they didn't have as much cohesion. They still probably could have very easily won the game against Cameroon. I, I don't put any stock in it. I, I think that they comfortably get past South Korea. Yeah,
0: yeah. Bruno Bruno Gremares, the midfielder from Newcastle, honestly could have had a hat trick by himself in this game, and that and I'll be honest, Martin too. The, Mar, this was not the game that I watched today. Right, the other game was more exciting, but um, we're not talking Grimari- about that other game.
1: Spencer picked it, a team in there.
0: Well, we picked all the teams, so if, <laughs> we can't watch any of it if we go by that logic. I don't but, even like Serbia. Um, I, I Yeah, that's something I know about you. You definitely don't like them now. Um, <laughs> but I, I give it to, I think, Brazil. I think this has a chance to be like 4-1, right? I think this yeah. has a chance to be a little bit of a blowout here. Moving into a game that is, I would say, not as certain about a blowout here is we got England and Senegal. Spencer, what do we think for Southgate here in the, uh, in the English
1: I think this has complete and utter blow up potential for the English. Like this is totally the type of game that you could see the English bottling and it being a complete fiasco in England, oh, man, lots of fiascos bombs dropped today on this
0: podcast, but. Could be a fairy tale for Senegal. I mean. Th-
1: this could it's, be it's, the type of thing where Gareth Southgate is on, on the front page of the sun and it's got some crazy headline and. Jack Grealish has a picture of him partying the next night out, and they're wondering if he should be dropped from the English squad forever. Like that, it has all that potential for that because Senegal is not a rollover man. They've been playing way better than I think any of us expected. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think they've gotten better every single game at this tournament. Yeah, they've gotten better and better.
0: Start looking incredible.
1: I thought, I, well, I even thought in the um, Dutch fixture they looked okay in that game. They could have nicked it. We talked about it in that, after that game. Like they could have won, or at least got. They they probably deserved at least a draw against the Netherlands. And they've just gotten better and better as the tournament's gone on. I I think they have a chance to do something here. I'm going to pick the English. I just think they're strong enough that they'll be able to exploit some of the weaknesses on that team, uh, specifically defensively. But. Don't sleep on Senegal, man. Like, they – they. I, I think this will be a closer game than maybe a lot of people expect.
0: Yeah, my – this one to me goes right between I always want to see the English lose because of how happy it makes me. And I I think I'm just a little bit not as impressed with Senegal as you are maybe. Um, I don't know. I, I watch – mendy and koulibaly every week you know what i mean like i know what to expect from that but they i'm worried about their attack i almost think i'm just to go against you a little bit here i think this could be a game that starts up the england hype train again right after a very Uh, draw with the u.s right like i know me and you have seen a thousand of those tiktoks and people losing their mind about drawing with the country that calls it soccer and all that other bullshit but like I think this is that like is a. What it's th- I'm going to call this like a three-one England, and I think England looks good. And what I want to do is build England up so that when they lose in the next round, it's that much more painful.
1: Yeah, you got to <laughs> you gotta get them to full on like yeah, You gotta get him to get them to believe again. Yeah, oh, absolutely. full on. It's it's coming home, brev, like mode, and then just oh. knock them off. But Jordan, yeah, I'm, I'm going
0: player with- of the year vibes. That's what I want coming out. I'm going. I'm, absolute I'm, dog shit. <laughs>
1: I'm going with you. I'm going England, but I, I think. I I've been really impressed with Senegal this tournament. I think uh Ismailia looks really good. I yes. think Koulibaly's been really good. And I, I would not be surprised at all if they nick something off England here, but I, I think the English have too much. They've scored the most goals We'd of any team. They scored the most goals of any team in the group stage, despite, you know, Spain scoring seven against fucking Costa Rica. And the U.S. shut them down. So I don't know. That makes me feel better about the U.S. than anything. But no, well, this is more American propaganda. We don't have to talk about that. But England, yeah, I got them going through as well with you.
0: France, Poland is the next one we got listed here. Um, I'll be honest with you. I know I just France said like – France by eight. Fran- yeah, like Poland winning this game would be a like one over like – like a one over – a fif- or 15 over like a two seed in the NCAA tournament, right? That's how this would feel to me, just based on how poorly Poland has played. Yeah. It would be like a Lewandowski masterclass, which even though he's played better, like he has not been like exceptional, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you told me Poland got through, especially after like how poorly they were, how poorly they played against Mexico, right? I would assume Lewandowski just put the team on his back, right? That would be my guess here. And he hasn't like, I, I, I think France runs away with it. I think it might be, I think it might be five.
1: Yeah. Chesney would have to have the game of his life. Like for True. Poland to win. Yeah. Chesney would have to have the game of his life, which I think he just had the game of his life a couple of days ago. So might be tough to just back that up. He's coming in hot. So I guess you can maybe fall back on that if you're Polish, but I just, uh, Poland hasn't impressed me. Like I, was a little high on them coming in. They haven't looked good. This tournament France has looked good. I put zero stock kind of the same thing as the Brazil thing with Cameroon today. I put zero stock into, uh, France drawing with Tunisia the other day because they rotated the squad. They didn't look like they were really at it and they still nicked a goal at the very end. Um, yeah, I, I just think France has way too much for this Polish team. And I, I, Maybe Poland can keep it relatively close if Chesney has a really good game, but I think it could be like, yeah, easily like kind of what we saw Poland versus Argentina, like a 2-0 that's not very close ever at any time.
0: Yeah, I'm fully expecting France to flex on them here a little bit, especially like if they get like too early, like one early or too early. It could be a game where – Poland just gets lost in the sauce here, right? If it's anything more than one or two goals down, they, they don't have the firepower. If, unless yeah, they if to if, Poland has to,
1: if Poland has to open it up at any point, they're in big trouble.
0: No, they'll be in trouble from the opening kickoff on this one, I think. Um, second to last game here, we've got everyone's number one pick, Spain, going against uh, a couple of group winners here with uh, Hakim Ziyech and uh, Akraf Hakimi and... Who do you like here?
1: I like geopolitics, Andrew. So I like uh, the fact that Morocco is a former colony of Espana. So maybe they channel a little energy a la USA versus uh, England. But I don't see it, man. I think, man, um, Morocco, they've had a lot of energy and stuff about them. Obviously they won their group and we said, this is a tough one for them to draw Spain. Spain to me has looked, I'm weird on Spain. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to pick them in this Andrew, but I am weirded out by Spain and that they absolutely killed Costa Rica, but Costa Rica was so just absolutely abhorrent that day. (laughs) And, you know draw germany when i thought they probably played better than germany but they draw against them and then they lose to japan like they've they've kind of gotten worse every single game at the world cup and that's a little bit concerning but at the end of the day that midfield just to me is too good i marata is he's got three goals in three games man I, i just he he plays better for his country than his club it seems like and I think they'll have enough to get by the Moroccans, but I think this will be a little bit closer than a lot of people expect.
0: I th- I think it's a really fun game, right? Each team has kind of what they do well. Spain's got this incredible midfield, but has trouble finding the back of the net, seven goal games aside. And Morocco seems to just absolutely take every little opportunity that they get. So it'll be a fun kind of a game where it's like Spain is happy to pass the ball 50,000 times, Morocco is happy to sit back and try to hit on the counter, right? Use their speed and athleticism. But um I picked Spain to win this whole crazy tournament, man, and I'm I'm gonna ride with them now. I, I think it's not a bad matchup for them, but I think it could be a fun game.
1: Yeah, I think it's I I think it's potentially a tough matchup for them in that it's the type of game I, I very realistically see a scenario where this goes backwards for the spanish that they just have like you kind of alluded to a ton of possession they're just struggling to string together that final goal those final incisive passes and morocco hits them a couple times in the counter and they're in big trouble i see that scenario but i think the more likely scenario and the
0: one i'm going to side with is that spain figures their way out of this yeah um so i think we both got did you just pick spain or portugal or uh, Morocco. I picked Spain. Are okay. you listening to me? Sorry. I am. You're sleeping I over conf- there, buddy. I got confused with the way you worded that. My my apologies. So we both got Spain there. I, I very
1: – I'll give it to you. I very, like, passively picked Spain. I very sheepishly was us, like
0: – Some of us are more enthusiastic about Spain and have to be because yeah. that's who we well, picked. To get you
1: there, know, I, I eliminated Spain in the group stage, and here they are. So I, I had ahead. to sheepishly, like, be like, yeah, Spain. Just you, really,
0: you had, really had them fun. sharing a flight home with Uruguay, which, you know – uruguay absolutely taught they're playing home today so it's not just spencer with the bad takes don't worry guys i i got him too but uh speaking of bad takes we got cristiano ronaldo's portugal and switzerland here in our in our last game um what do you think coming into this man a little bit more of course there's always conversations about ronaldo not happy being subbed in the last game right when they lost he came off and what the 65th minute or something like that and seem to kind of blow up and his coach is trying to cover for him. So do you think the drama finally catches up with Portugal here?
1: I do, Andrew, I think, Ooh, I think that uh, Portugal impresses a couple, a little bit. The first two games, they had a bit more going into today. The they didn't cycle their team quite as much and they got done by Korea and I'm going to, maybe it's contradictory by me. I'm going to read a little bit more into that than the other two that I kind of brushed aside. But I think actually, to me, it has more to do with this Swiss team and the Swiss teams a okay. really good tournament team, man. We've seen it yeah. over a few He's tournaments. Come alive now. here. Yeah. Um, you know, not just cause he plays for my cl- club, but like, I'm very impressed in club play and at this tournament, I've been really impressed by a He's been really, really good. Um, I think that specifically today, we like hinted at it in the intros today of like the whole uh, Kosovo thing of like Serbia with their like never surrender thing. I think that really fired up some former like, displaced people from Kosovo on this Swiss team and Shakiri and Jaka, who are from that part of the world. And they were seen very, mm-hmm. very, and they got, and
0: they got in trouble for their uh, Eagle celebration at the last world cup. Right. A hundred percent.
1: They were, they were very at it. And it seemed like this team really rallied around those two. Like Shakiri when he scored against Serbia today, did you see the celebration of like him going in front of like the Serbian fans and pointing at his name being like, very obviously like I am Kosovo. Yeah, that- K- Kosovian, whatever it is. So uh, this team seems really fired up and at it. And I think, you know, we saw this Swiss team take down France at the Euros last time out. And I think the Swiss team has enough about them. Uh, they showed me today that they can score goals too. And yeah. I, I think they have enough about it, man. I think they're going to do Portugal.
0: Yeah. I, we kind of didn't touch on it earlier, but, but the Swiss team was very impressive today. Um, scoring three goals. I, I, I'll be honest, man, I didn't think they had it in them, right? need it. Real Mbolo's been really good, right? I thought if they were going to get through, they were going to have to win 1-0, maybe a 2-1, right? Things like that. But to go out and score three goals, and then like a guy I talked about a little bit is that uh, Emilio Vargas, who plays on the left side for them. The dude is just everywhere. He's a relatively young player. I think he's like 21, 22, something like that, right? And sometimes you just need guys who don't know any better. Right, and Bolo's been kind of their striker up top for a little while now, and he's still a relatively young player and he bagged two today. So they're kind of rolling into this game with Portugal, whereas Portugal's limping in after their loss. But um Portugal's still Portugal here, I think is where it gets tough for Switzerland. I think it's going to be a very good game. Um I think I will give it to Portugal here. Just on the win. I don't I you know, I think it could be a big game for like Rafael Liao. Some you know like some big Portuguese sub to come in and make a big play, but knockout soccer. I hate to say it is where Ronaldo has come up big in the past. So I believe, needs, I believe
1: it needs. I believe he needs one more goal too to, to uh, tie the all-time Portuguese. Oh, I, he didn't get. A,
0: you're telling me he didn't get a foot on that one, even after he no. acted his, like he claimed it. His uh,
1: <laughs> his spiked up hair did not graze the ball or anything. Is my understanding. He He'll also had a make, couple. He had a he shocking. Hair. Shocking miss today that would have got him there, but yeah, that's neither here right. nor there. I um, yeah, I, I think this is going to be a really close game, Andrew. I really do. I yeah, I, I think that fun. I think it's going to be scrappy. Like I, Portugal hasn't shown me enough that they have enough in attack. Like they've I, we talked about in that Uruguay game. Like they found the one goal, but that was like kind of a almost fluky in that Fernandez crossed it into Ronaldo, and it didn't touch
0: his hair gel and go in, and it messed up the keeper. Um, he's actually ordered most of the Qatari hair gel. So yeah, that will uh, not be a problem going forward.
1: I heard that basically yeah, all the hair gel in Qatar is all sold out right now. But yeah. um, then the other goal in that game was like we talked about it a little bit the last part of it being a weird handball ruling that gave him a penalty. So I, I don't know if Portugal's got a ton of goals in them. They just, They still don't seem completely on the same page to me. And I think the Swiss defense and midfield – is you know the two goals today to Serbia aside who really tried to open up this game. I think they've got a lot to them, and they showed enough to me today that they can counteract if you're really trying to play that open-style
0: game with them. They can bag some goals themselves too. I think uh, the only people wanting Ronaldo to stay on the pitch longer more than Ronaldo might be the Swiss team. When Ronaldo's come off the field, I feel like their attack has opened up right in the last couple of games right once he's off the field okay things can run through bruno fernandez more we can attack like we're not so buttoned down to the standard ronaldo kind of attack that they you know you have to do if you have a big time striker in the game like that um so i I think weirdly like the swiss could be like no don't sub ronaldo off come on keep him on there he'll be great right (laughs) if it's a tight game late um but uh yeah i i am gonna go I am gonna go with the Portuguese here although not much would make me happier than a sad Ronaldo on the sideline here I don't even think he'd be sad he'd be like pouty you oh know, it's like for, oh pouty. I, you're right it's for sure someone else's fault he's actually never been at fault for anything so it'd yeah. be really tough for him to process that but
1: that's it man that's uh that's our round of sixteen pal yeah this yeah, is... Just gonna Go ahead. Just sorry. sorry. Just like a quick question. Um, you know, you picked Spain. I picked Argentina. Like after we got to see a whole group stage. Are you sticking with your champions?
0: Or you think you'd switch it up to somebody else? Um, very tempting to switch to Brazil or France. I'm going to 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 dance with who brought me here. I'm going to stick with Spain. Um, even if we both think they are, maybe not. Uh, maybe not potent enough in the final third to really get them there. What about you Spencer, you gonna, you know, split?
1: See the problem here is that maybe, you know, I'm just a fucking idiot and I didn't look well enough to be like oh, if I pick the US to beat the Netherlands, then my team now that I picked to win has to beat the US and I don't like that scenario. So the problem is that I pick anybody in the top of the bracket. That means the U.S. can't win, but I guess I'll stay non-biased here. I think I'm going to stick with Argentina And that I think um, that early loss to Saudi Arabia was kind of good for them. I think that just gave them a bit of adversity. they looked really good since then to me. Um, you'd like to get Leo Messi scoring his penalties. That would probably help. Maybe we should put, you know, Lautaro on penalties or something. But you know, I I think they've looked a lot better since that initial fixture. Like I said, I thought they looked good in that first fixture. They've responded well, and I think I'm gonna be like you. I'm gonna stick with who got me there. Dance with,
0: bring you dance with the girl that you bought, Andrew. Well, and we will hopefully keep dancing tomorrow, nine o'clock a.m. We got the USA versus Netherlands in the biggest US soccer game this week. And um, a <laughs> while. Which I, I know I'm just joking because I know we definitely have, I think, said that twice now in previews about it being the biggest U.S. soccer game. But to be honest, I got hope for next week that we'll have another biggest soccer game. Um, Where are you watching coming, tomorrow? I, I, am up in, uh, I am up in Fort Worth, so I'll be watching by myself here, absolutely locked in. What about you, buddy?
1: I, uh, I'm going over to a mutual friend of ours, Brandon. Shout out, Brandon. Going over there. Shout out, Brandon, Couple. Shout out Megan. Shout out to yeah, shout out Tiggs. Little little brekkie, little couple maybe a couple of mimosas around eight eight thirty. Just get the blood flowing a little bit, kill the nerves a little bit, and uh, hopefully watch the boys put on a master class and play the the Veer Dutch off the field. Are you gonna be
0: bringing the egg on your face, or are you guys bringing other stuff for breakfast?
1: I told him that uh <laughs> I have plenty of egg, plenty of egg from my Serbia takes and my Uruguay takes and my Belgium takes, so there's plenty of eggs. I'll bring the eggs if he can uh provide the sausage or the bacon. We <laughs> should be just fine on the breakfast uh. And he's and he's but, pretty much
0: always good for those two things, but uh um before we get any more into that, I think it's time for us to get out of here today. We've got to get this thing Edited, posted, and up for you guys. So you can uh, listen to it before the USA game tomorrow. If you're looking at your feed and thinking, oh, well, the USA game is already played. What do they think about that? Do not worry. We will have a podcast out to you tomorrow with our USA reactions. Hopefully, it will be a happy boy podcast and not a sad boy podcast, but time will tell. Do you think we'll be sad tomorrow? No, no, no! I can't imagine. If, can't imagine. If, if, what would we say? I No, about? I just I, no.
1: I just legitimately mean. Like, I think that like I'll be you know a little distraught that it happens. But like, if we lose to the Netherlands in the final sixteen, like I like I said before the tournament started, like
0: that that's, I guess we I guess we're I guess expectations money at this point.
1: Right, I guess expectations always change. Like, I think our form that we have a chance tomorrow. Obviously, I just picked them, and I'm not even being completely biased. I think, but. I I in general think that if we're competitive tomorrow, we lose to the Netherlands, I'll be okay with it. I'll be sad at the time when we talk.
0: Not (laughs) a problem. Not a problem. We have to worry about because I have the undying faith of the Americans here. But until next time, Spencer. Anything else, buddy? Uh, Just remember that you know we're bringing you all this content during the World
1: Cup, so be sure to follow us. Follow the podcast, uh, like, rate, fish fries subscribe, pod at fish fries pod on Twitter. Bringing you lots of great stuff on there. We're getting some nice engagement tell a on there. Yeah, tell, tell a, friend. a friend. Hit us up on Twitter. We love the replies. We've been getting in with the people a little bit more. It's been awesome. We've been putting polls up. We've been putting, you know, funny gifts, all types of stuff. So it's just a great, we're follow. good for sure to get it. Yeah, be sure to get in there. And, yeah, um, we'll have lots coming to you tomorrow during the game, I'm sure, and the Argentina game after if we're not, you know, completely sulking in our feelings, eating like a tub of ice cream.
0: Or, Or the drunkest game you've ever seen tweeted, one of the two. But, Spencer, until next time, buddy.
1: Yeah, take it easy, pal. Go, go, USA.
0: Go, go, USA.